Howdy. This is Ken Williams, the weed assassin from Ringer's Landscaping. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Ooh. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow, and what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden fluffo. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will good planets are hard to find. Good planets. This week's show is brought to you by Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights, USA made with a five-year warranty. Jumpstart your plants with better light. And by Sitka Salmon Shares, bringing responsible and sustainable wild Alaskan seafood direct to your door. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Butter. What? Real butter. That's it. I was trying to play. As opposed to fluffo? Uh, yeah. I love the fluffo thing. Fluffo. Uh, Mike Wallace, uh, back in the day. That's just, uh, that's too funny. <laughs> just hearing, uh, oh man, that's really good pie. Next on 60 Minutes. Uh, <laughs> Real butter. Real butter. All right. It is the holidays and welcome. Wait. All right. It's the holiday environment. Environment. Uh, thank you, Bill Curtis. Uh, let's bust our um, our wonderful sponsors that you hear at the top of the show, or uh, the the billboard at the top of the show, because here's what I'm thinking: it's the holidays, it's the holiday season, and you know, right after this, I'm I'm going out caroling again. Um, I uh, there's there's not even fumes left in my gas tank, <laughs> not even that, and I'm speaking figuratively, not literally. Uh, but I was thinking, um, we love our sponsors, uh, Happy Leaf LED and Sitka Salmon Shares. We should see if we can give away um, mm. um, a Sitka Salmon Share and perhaps at one of those uh, 
LED grow anything anywhere kits for the holidays. Um, it's not going to happen today because we haven't talked to the sponsors. They don't know that we're springing this on them. Ellie, so, take a note. <laughs> yes, we will. We need to get a hold of uh, Polly and Nick and Nicole and say, hey, how about if we give away that on the show? Because the that LED, would be very cool. I got to tell you, um, the you know we know how wonderful mm-hmm. the Happy Leaf LED grow lights are. Um, and I can tell you personally how wonderful the Sitka salmon share is because I have one. And you have never tasted salmon like that. And I thought, you know, I was getting it at the, the, the local frozen place, uh, which I thought was pretty good. Um, and then I got it from Sitka salmon shares. I went, oh, my goodness, you can... And it's flash frozen, mm-hmm. and it's caught by local fisheries, family fisheries in Alaska. in Alaska. They ship it immediately to the Midwest, and boom, it shows up. They delivered. The, 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 it was weird. The woman shows up at the door with a Sitka mm-hmm. salmon delivery, and I looked out, and there was a FedEx truck on the street. It was a total coincidence. I thought, did she just get off the FedEx truck? <laughs> no, she just happened to show up at the same time that the FedEx <laughs> truck was delivering something across the street. And I thought, they use FedEx? Nope. They use their own deliveries. And she came to the door and gave us ours. And, and boy, is that stuff good. So um, I I was thinking, let's give some away Why not? next week. Hey, today's show, though, wow. Um, we've got some folks on um, that um, uh, are going to teach you a lot about various things. Like, for instance... It is the winter, and in the northern climes, not everywhere in the country, not everybody is listening to the show, but a lot of places that are listening mm-hmm. to the show are getting snow. The southeast is getting hammered this week. Oh, we're going to talk about de-icers, because we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. So Peggy got on the line and, and got a hold of uh, Amanda or Mandy Bayer, Ph.D., uh, who's uh, an extension assistant professor in the Stockbridge School of Agriculture at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. And they get a lot of snow out there. Yes, they do. And we're going to go through all those products. What do they do to your plants? What do they do to your soil? What do they do to your water? Uh, it's important. Um, also, in this hour, we're going to talk to Nick Romano, who's an old friend of mine, and you're going to hear a very, very interesting story. Um, he's going to be on with Bill Turk, who is a friend of ours, radio friend from Playtime with Bill Turk and... Carrie Kendall. Right here on WCGO. And uh, we got a lot... Well, I'll just let it speak for itself. That's next. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. From boat... To rooftop... Ho, ho, ho. The small boat fishermen of Sitka Salmon Shares cordially invite you to give the gift of their wild Alaskan harvest this holiday season. Their limited edition holiday box includes the highest quality sustainable seafood and a selection of small batch items curated specially for you. On sale November 23rd to December 16th at SitkaSalmonShares.com. Delivered between December 19th and 21st. Happy holidays from their fishing families to yours. This is Mike Novak. For the past couple of years, I've posted the progress of my tomato growing on social media. And each of those years, somebody said, what kind of sun do you have? My tomatoes are barely started. Folks, it's not the sun. I get my tomatoes started with Happy Leaf LED grow lights. Five-year warranty, USA made. Go to happyleaf.com and save 10% on purchases above $100 when you use the code Mike. Happy Leaf LED grow lights. Jumpstart your tomatoes with better light. 
And now, for something completely different for the season, the Frozen Robins! Oh, holy night! Late December, back in 1 BC, T'was the night of the nativity. What a baby, what a night! Talented, funny, unique, the Frozen Robins are Chicago's number one caroling group. Exquisite harmonies, madcap improvisation, holiday sketches and characters, even a 10-minute version of It's a Wonderful Life. They are definitely not your mother's carolers. Go to frozenrobins.com or contact me, Mike, at mikenovak.net. Because I'm not just a fan of the Frozen Robins, I are one. Afternoons have never been smarter. 1590 WCGO. Smart Talk for the North Shore. And this is for my friend Bill Turk. In honor of Bill Turk, who is going to join us on the line in a second. Stand by. I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I gave it to someone special. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) Special. Randall's about to hit the floor laughing. Oh, boy. And if we get (laughs) blocked on Facebook because I played that, I'm really going to be upset. (laughs) Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki. Bill Turk, you have a lot of interesting entertainment acts on your show, but nothing like that. (laughs) I think I reviewed that show, actually. No, really? Along the line. Wow. What is that from? I, I, I I might have. Aside, aside from the aside from the the uh, the issue now that I have a taste for uh, for apple pie, um, <laughs> thank you very much, uh, which breaks my diet here. Um, but uh, yeah, I, for for people who don't know, I just had a procedure. Uh, my heart basically had so many blockages that it it, uh, it 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 more resembles the Chicago highway system. Than uh, than a cardiovascular system. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna call you Jane Byrne Interchange right now for a while. There you I go, think. blockages and detours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, how you feeling today? You feeling all right? Feeling good. Feeling good. We, I... We've got a great show uh, coming up this afternoon, so I'm just um, just hunkering down and and getting ready to getting ready to rock it this afternoon. All right. Well, settle back. Um, and because I want to bring in Nick Romano here, we'll get back to you, Bill, in a second, but Nick, are you there this morning? Good morning. How is everybody? <laughs> wow. You're mellow compared to Bill and to us. <laughs> you're totally mellow. Uh, all right here. This is a, a kind of a long story. I'm going to say it as quickly as I can about how Nick and I know each other. Nick and I met at, um, a, a freeway entrance, several years ago at uh, California and diversity in the city of Chicago. And how did we meet there? Well, no, it wasn't a traffic accident. No. Um, Nick used to stand under there 
and, uh, I don't know, ask for money and whatever else you could give him. Um, and I did, and I would do that occasionally, well, every week as I was going to do my radio show, my Sunday radio show, um, I would stop, I would give Nick something, we would chat, sometimes I got out of the car and we chatted, um, because I couldn't figure out why Nick was there. He was, um, as you can hear, very mellow, very polite, well-spoken guy, um, uh, you know, you looked like you stepped out of a fashion magazine, Nick, most of the time. And I just said, what What the heck? Well, then I left that job and Nick disappeared from that area uh, about the same time. And we next uh, met, uh, of all places, in a Chipotle. And I was <laughs> – and I went in to get – uh, a burrito bowl, um, and I'm behind the counter, and the guy says, uh, "Don't do you remember me?" Um, and I said, "You look familiar, you know." And I'm searching, racking my brain, and he says, um, "California and diversity." I went, "Oh my God, Nick, how you doing?" And Nick was working behind the counter, and long story short, he gave me lunch. He bought me lunch. And I was so moved by that, I went immediately home. I wrote a piece that I put on Facebook. And, you know, within a week it had 600 shares. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a columnist for the Chicago Tribune got a hold of it, Mary Schmeek, and she brought us together. And she wrote a story. And then suddenly Nick and I are on the front page of the Chicago Tribune. And you've linked to that in the blog this week. Yeah, and you can find that story, a link to it. On my blog, go to MikeNovak.net, and you'll see the story of Nick and me. And I learned a lot about you during that story. Um, so now I'm going to turn it over to you, Nick. You tell me very briefly about what has happened to you in the last three years. Because you basically, you bottomed out. You, bottomed out. you were an addict, um, and um, you finally got arrested. And you said that was the best thing that ever happened to you, wasn't it? It truly was. I couldn't be more appreciative to that that time period in my life. Um, I had been using for very many years, for about 17 and a half years, a multitude of drugs, but mainly heroin. And it just, it, it took over my whole entire life. I, there was no person inside of me anymore. It was solely someone who was seeking out drugs at all times. And however I could get the money to get it is what I did. Um but like I said, uh, by the grace of God, I literally got arrested, and it was it. I've been arrested multiple times. I've been to rehab multiple times. Nothing just seemed to work. I, I'd never hit that low point where it was low enough for me to say, I'm done. And this one last time, that was it. I, just, I couldn't do it anymore. It had been too long. I had been on the street um, for about seven years at that point, living underneath the Belmont and, Diversity, uh, Belmont and Kedzie Bridge, and I just I couldn't do it. And finally, by the grace of God, like I said, it, it just happened, and that was it. I gave up. I raised my hands, and I said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do it someone else's way, not mine. If I go to prison, if I go to rehab again, wherever I go, I'm going to fully, wholeheartedly do it. Um, and I did. I ended up going to rehab. I got out of jail. I was in jail for four and a half months. And then from once I got out, I personally opted for more rehab because I just didn't feel like four months was enough for me. Mm. Um, 17 years is a long time to be doing drugs, but like four months, I was grateful that I had it, but the comparison in time, the percentage of that is not very large. 
So I did another year and a half of um, rehab, graduated, and now I have, I mean, I, I'm lucky. I, I put in a lot of time and patience and, and, and hard work into my life, and now I'm doing really well. Now I have my own apartment. I don't struggle. I don't live paycheck to paycheck. I have a job. Um, it's Hutch American Concepts. I've been working for the company for over three years now. I started as a server, became a trainer, and now I'm the general manager of their Andersonville store. Wow. Um, so life has gotten a lot better. Life can get better. The problem is, though, is the odds are so against addicts, and, and especially heroin addicts, being on the street, getting off the street, getting off the drugs. The odds are so against you. It's so difficult. People look at you in a certain manner, and they just think that you're nothing. And you start to believe those things because you already are taking drugs or have some sort of mental uh, disability where you're not thinking very clearly or not thinking well about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you Mm -hmm. think about the constant flow of traffic or people as you sit on a corner, whether you're begging for money or you're just sitting on a corner enjoying a cup of coffee. People look at you weird. People... um, they say mean things to you. The percentage of, of people that ignore you and say rude things to you is larger than the amount of, that people actually take the time to talk to you and bless you. Mike, what you did for me, you were that small percentage that took the time to talk to me, to actually get to know me for who I was and not for what you just saw in front of you. And for that, that's one of the main reasons that like, I was able to get off the street. Not just you, but other people. I'm I'm truly grateful that for that, and I honestly believe that that's part of the reason why I I am where I am. I do go back to my old rehab, uh, and I do go talk to people there that are in the classes now to like talk to them, to share my story with them. I go to meetings sometimes, and I chair meetings, and I tell them my story there. I try to give back as much as I can, and now that I'm at a stable point in my life. Um. I have started giving back as well, just on the street. I go back to the bridge where I used to sleep, where I used to lay my head every night. I go there, I bring tents, I bring blankets, I bring food, I bring money sometimes. I just go to hang out sometimes and like see how everybody's doing. I'm not going to like throw it in their face that I'm doing really well, but I want them to see that you can get better and that with hard work and perseverance that it, it will stay. You know, like, again, the odds are against you, but, like, for me, it'll be four years, January 10th, no opiates, nothing. I couldn't, that's the longest I've ever gone without any sort of um, opiate in my body. That's fantastic. huge, yeah, I'm very proud of myself. (laughs) You should be, you should be proud of you. And, 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 folks, you need to know, by the way, I am so grateful for Nick being on the show, not for that story, but for the fact that he's got a terrible cold right now, mm-hmm. and, and he's fighting that. He had to go into work yesterday. How many hours were you at work? You know, I hope you're not infecting people, Nick, but, you know, sometimes... No, I, I was back support, so I was in the office doing a bunch yeah. of stuff, <laughs> so, <laughs> luckily. So he, he's fighting his cold, and, and Bill's recovering from his surgery? Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> this is the, uh, yeah, the walking wounded here uh, on the Mike Novak show. All right, so you bring up a really good part, and the reason I have you guys is now, Bill, I know, Bill, you go out a lot. You've dealt with homeless a lot. You were in a war zone, for crying out loud, uh, for several years, so you understand what it's like to be under uh, stress and and physical uh, need and attack. Um, what's your story about that? 
uh, yeah, and and it's it's sort of like um, being in a country where everybody is homeless, um, without food, without water, without electricity, without you know, without heat, and and what have you. Um, but uh, I come from this uh, from from a couple of uh, different ways, and I just wanted to uh, highlight a couple of the things that Nick was talking about about the about the the immense um, the immense struggle it takes um, to to pull um, to pull yourself out or or to be helped out of um, out of out of a situation of homelessness. So there's you know and and I think Nick's case is is illustrative. Um, in uh, in in this way, there is no cookie cutter, uh, and people who want to to just parcel the homeless into into this cookie cutter template, um, there is no cookie cutter for um, uh, for the reasons that people are homeless. Um, looking at something on uh, online here on uh, at Huffington Post, um, talking about uh, the number of children uh, and school children here in in the city of Chicago. I, I think it's estimated that a quarter of of all homeless people are children um and and then you know a, a large percentage are women who have fallen through the cracks and can't sustain themselves or can't sustain themselves and their children there are mm-hmm. um there are, are legal issues there are substance abuse issues there are mental health issues there are mental health issues and substance abuse issues mm-hmm. that people try to medicate in an environment where no where, where there are virtually no resources or very few accessible resources anymore um, to help people overcome um, issues of addiction or mental health. Um, And and then layer on top of that um, post-traumatic stress um, that comes along with um, with being on the streets and being um, being adjacent or being the victim of violence that is very very common on the streets, so it becomes a very very complex issue. And when I hear people say, "Well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps," um, there are a lot of people who can't who can't even dream of bootstraps, let alone reach them to pull themselves up by. Um, and and that's where community is. is incredibly important okay i'm I'm, I'm going to stop you for a second because um i i know you could wax poetic for a long time we're we're on uh, a short leash here today and and, and ellie ellie in the studio i want to let you know that we're probably going to go over into the next segment a little bit because this is very important Our, our our point in doing this is to talk about how you can help people on the streets with with some of the things that you can give them um even if it's a smile and saying hello which we say and a PSA that we're running right here on the station. Um, but I want you to let our next next guest know that we'll get to her just a little late. And if we have to push her over into the next hour, that's fine, too. We'll just uh, we'll get everything in. So let's get back to our subject. We got like three minutes here. We'll break and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Let's start with you, Nick. Uh, what is it that folks on the street in, you know, you were there. What did you prize most, you know, in terms of physical needs? What is it you wanted to get most of all to keep going while you were living on the street? Well, as we were talking about last night, I really think that like some key things that people were giving at that moment, um, especially during this cold time right now to get by is really socks are really important. I think hand warmers are really important and um, baby wipes, like some key things. Most people generally at this time of the year, you end up getting an abundance of hats, and gloves and scarves, and there's nothing wrong with to continue giving those. 
but I definitely think socks are one of them. The, the snow and the rain at this time of the year. Most of your shoes are probably broken down. There might be holes in them. I'm not going to assume, but that's what happened with me. So there were lots <laughs> of soggy socks, which get bad with your feet. Um, I didn't have access a lot of the time because my priorities weren't straight to showering and proper hygiene. So like the baby wipes, definitely, if I could take a minute in a corner somewhere or something and take off my shoes and socks to be able to like wipe off my feet and go ahead and put on like a fresh pair of socks is heaven to a person <laughs> that's living on the street, as well as the hand warmers. Not, mm. are, pardon me. Not only are they good in your gloves, but also you can put them in your pockets. You can kind of put them wherever just to kind of keep your body warm when you're sleeping on the street at night, kind of break them open a little bit, and then just to have them in a blanket with you is, is another uh, essential key for when you're out there. Um, some of the food items, like we had talked about, protein bars and stuff like that, something quick and easy that you can put in your pocket, doesn't take up a lot of room. Those are wonderful items to have when you're on the street. Fantastic. Um, and you mentioned uh, blankets, and I know that you had been collecting tents for the homeless yeah. this year. Uh, we're we're going to have to break here, but when we come back, I want to talk to you about that. And Bill, I know that you have collected some jackets that you're taking out there, and um, because I know that Bill goes out in the street. Uh, when we come back from this break, Bill, we're going to start with you, and I want you to tell me your experience and the kinds of things you take to people and how you've interacted with yeah. them. And then, yes, we we will get to uh, Mandy Bayer from uh, Amherst uh, about the de-icers. Once we de-ice this conversation, uh, we've got Bill Turk and Nick Romano on the phone. We're talking about how you can help the homeless in small ways. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. This is Mike Novak. The song says it's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you're homeless. And I'm Bill Turk. It's hard to know what to do, but you can design a care kit for people in need, something that will do some good in the short run. And I'm Peggy Malecki. The number one item people need is good socks, high quality wool or thermal. Hats, gloves and scarves are also important, along with hygiene products like deodorant, body wash, toothbrushes and toothpaste, band-aids, lip balm, wet wipes, even nail clippers. Food products can include high-protein snacks, easy-to-open tuna, crackers and peanut butter, applesauce, granola bar, or fruit rolls. And I put everything in a one-gallon Ziploc bag. And if you can, make a connection, offer a smile, or even your first name. And don't forget to include some feminine products, too. You're not changing the world. Just making one person's world 
a little better for a little while. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, William Shatner strikes again. That was William Shatner. That was William Shatner. Yes, and wow. I, I just I thought it was one of my drunken uncles. <laughs> it, I think it's it might be anyway. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, uh, we're having a very interesting conversation. We're going to re- do this pretty shortly and then bring in our next guest, uh, Bill Turk uh, from uh, 1590 WCGO. Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall. And uh, Nick Romano, general manager at Hutch American Kitchen and Bar in Andersonville in Chicago. Um, He spent several years living homeless in Chicago, and that's how we met. And we're talking about how you can help folks. Now, Nick, you told us about what people – the baby wipes was the one that I wasn't aware of that was so – uh, valuable. So that's going I'm adding that to my list. Um, and you just kept emphasizing that when we talked on the phone mm-hmm. before the show and now on the show. So I got to keep that in mind. Um, uh, Bill, you, you've been going out in the street regularly uh, and helping folks. What are you finding and, and yeah. what kind of packages do you give them? Um, what, what, what I do, and, and it's a little bit informed in, uh, by my work in war zones, um, and uh, R- Rwanda um, is is also uh, my work there was uh, in, informed this a lot. Uh, things like things like peanut butter. Um, we saved lives in Rwanda with packages of salt and uh, and sugar um, because when people have um, have bowel disorders like diphtheria or cholera or what have you, which isn't doesn't really happen very often here in Chicago, um, they can't they can't. Uh, they can't digest food, uh, but they need those electrolytes. Anyways, um, but but things like things like peanut butter have have been used um, in conflict zones uh, or or uh, where, where people are starving. Um, and and it, there, there's a great there's a great um, uh, there, there's a lot of protein in, in peanut butter and there's sugar and there's um, the other thing that that uh, that I go for and this is what I remember from. Um, from uh, my experience during the war in Bosnia, um, is people, particularly in the wintertime, they need they need sodium, they need fat, they need calories, and you know things, the uh, quick meals like um, Chef Boyardee ravioli or spaghetti or things like that um, are are a quick you know are, are a quick jump start for um, for some of those things because you're burning a lot of calories mm-hmm. um so we've we've found that um if if you can if you can go healthy go healthy um but that person needs energy to sustain themselves and keep themselves warm and keep themselves active and alert uh but we do we do fruit cups we do juice pou- uh, pouches um protein bars or um granola or um uh, uh, breakfast bars uh are are great um Something that, that we found um, that was really essential, um, feminine napkins for, yeah. for women, which are really hard to come by. And there are a lot of women on the street, and those things get, get overlooked. 
and 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 that can that can become a, a serious issue for a woman if she doesn't have some of those basic uh, mm-hmm. basic necessities. Yeah, I th- that's one I would I would urge people to think about because you can get those pretty cheaply. And I always <laughs> dollar store is yeah. is the is yep. is one of the best gifts to, to people who want to help. Um, help the homeless. Right, exactly. Go to a dollar store because everything's a dollar, yeah. and you can get a lot of this and stuff. And things like band aids and and basic first aid, I would imagine for blisters and things like that too. Yeah, yeah, uh, Nick. Yeah, and and the thing I was going to ask Nick is, uh, I imagine with the Shep YRD stuff, you got to have one of those pop top cans. You can't yeah. really no, you know, somebody on the street that probably isn't carrying around a can opener, right, Nick? <laughs> yeah, no, most people don't, but you'll be surprised. There are a, a few here and there because you do get some cans sometimes where you do need a can opener. So it is a little, little handy device to have in your bag. Yeah, I'll bet it is, and maybe they share a lot of those. Yeah, the Chef Boyardee, um they 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 pull open, so yeah. that yeah. you know they have that yeah. that tab on the top. So. so to kind of pull all this together, what we talk about in the PSA we did is is one gallon Ziploc bags with a kit that you can put together for people. To hand out, not mm-hmm. toss it at them, but hand out, make eye Sometimes contact. Sometimes, you know, if you go fast, <laughs> you know, and you know that, uh, and, I have, and I have, and I'm embarrassed by it sometimes, and I will toss it. I'll say, hey, look, uh, traffic's moving, and they're going to start yeah. honking their horns, and then I'll. Well, that's a specific And reason, that happens yeah. sometimes. But, yeah, you put, if you can put it all in one little. And in a clear Ziploc. In a clear Ziploc, you can see what's in there, mm-hmm. um, and that's what we do. But now I want to get to, uh, to wrap this up. Nick, you talked about getting tents and, and, and blankets, which I imagine are really important. I'm wondering if there's some way we can get the word out, Bill, you and you and me, um, to um, have our listeners uh, support us by giving us some of that stuff and that we can get to Nick and uh, and or distribute yep. ourselves. So what I'm going to say to folks is, if do you have any blankets? Do you have any, uh, do you have an old tent? Um, that you're not going to, you know, you're not going to use anymore. I would say write to Mike at MikeNovak.net. Bill, what would be, where would they contact you? I think you can contact me at William Turk at Yahoo.com. And it's T- T-U-R-C-K. Right, T-U-R-C-K. Yeah. Um, and what we can do, Nick, is, you know, I have no idea whether anybody's going to respond to this, um, but it seems like blankets are fairly easy to come by. And if you've got an old one and you want to, uh, you know, donate it to us, that'd be great. This is not an official uh, 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 event that we're doing. It's just me and Bill saying, hey, you listeners out there, if you're interested in this and you think you can help us, write to us. Mike at MikeNovak.net, William Turk. And at- I would say clean those blankets. Clean those blankets. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you don't yes. want to, you know, pull something out of out of your trunk or your attic. If you uh, wouldn't or, use you know. it, don't donate it. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Uh, Nick, would would you have some uh, other advice about that? <clears throat> no, I think that'd be fantastic if they can contact either one of you, and then you guys can get in contact with me. I would love to be able to help distribute if anyone is able and willing to help us providing with tents, providing with blankets, or any other sort of item that you think could help, I am more than happy to go ahead and meet up with these people or get it to where it needs to be so that I can get it mm-hmm. um, and distribute it. Because, you know, Mike, like Nick, you know, we last night. If, Pardon? I'm sorry. Uh, Nick, if it works for you, I've got 75 clean all-weather jackets um, that, I can, that I can get to you. Yes. <laughs> hands down I can totally make that work oh, because I also okay, work with like right. a, a, not just where I not just me distributing but I also go through 
Um, I work with the night ministry in Chicago. Um, I go ahead and feed the homeless with them, and I do some other things. So there are organizations that I'm able to distribute to also that I know that these items would be able to help, not just going to people on the street. So there's a multitude of areas where all these things could go to. Fantastic. So that's and, and we'll post that later. And if yeah, we'll, if, we'll... If, I, if I could just jump in with one one last thought. Sure. Um, the caveat to all of this is we're we're talking right now. We're talking about uh, about a crisis moment that people need help at this moment, and that's very important to understand. But but people, if if they're not sure about all this, um, there are a lot of like the night ministry that Nick mentioned. Um, there are a lot of charities working with the homeless, and a little bit of money or a little bit of support or a little bit of time volunteering uh, for soup kitchens and shelters goes a long way to helping even more people. <laughs> That's yeah, fantastic. Definitely. All right. Well, this is this is what we're going to do. We'll see if, if we can help. At the very least, you've got jackets from Bill Turk. Yeah. Um, and we'll make that happen. And I know that, uh, Nick, you're going to be out there on Christmas Eve doing this. So um, yeah. um, I, I, I might be joining you. OK, so uh, let's. Uh, Wonderful. We'll, I we'll, love it. We'll talk about it. Um, Bill, uh, Nick, uh, thank you so much both for being on the show. Uh, thank Nick, you, guys. Uh, Nick, I hope you feel it's my pleasure. Thank you, and uh, we'll we'll talk again. And uh, I I hope both of you feel better. Okay, that's what. So, uh, <laughs> All right, thanks, so guys. guys. The Mike Novak triage. Yes, there you go. All right, take care, guys. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Let's get our uh, next guest. We'll introduce her before uh, we, we break again. Um, again, if you have a blanket, as, as Peggy said, make sure it's clean. Um, you know, even if you just tumble it in the dryer mm-hmm. um, to get the yeah. dust and the clothing, food, because you know yeah. what happens to me. I, I pull that out of storage. I start sneezing immediately, and if I'm starting to sneeze because of the dust on it, somebody else is going to start right. sneezing too. So, tumble it in the dryer. Um, and like I said, if you got an old tent, you know you used to camp a lot, or you upgraded and you have one sticking around, you don't know what to do with. Give it to us, and we'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll send it to Nick. Um, and uh, just write to Mike at MikeNovak.net or, you know, contact me on Facebook, contact me yeah. on Twitter. Just we'll, say, we'll post it. We're going to post that information uh, and uh, and hope that uh, some folks uh, respond to it. I see that uh, we're getting our next guest in line, um, uh, and that is Amanda or Mandy Bayer, Ph.D. I can see Ellie is, is talking to her right now. Um, she's an extension Assistant Professor in the Stockbridge School of Agriculture at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Um, and she specializes in sustainable landscape horticulture, uh, conducting research to help the landscape and nursery industry adapt to climate change. This is why we want this person on our show. Have we got her on the phone here? Okay. Mandy, are, are you with us? Yes, hello. Hi, Mandy. Thank you so much, and thank you for your patience. Uh, our other segment ran long, but you know what? We're going to run long, too. I have a feeling we'll, we'll slop over into the next hour because this is a lot of good information. The reason that Mandy's on the phone is we found um, a great article that you wrote um, about uh, the impact of salts on plants and how to reduce. No, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the. That's not the one? No, that's that's a different one. It says you, UMass Amherst. 
Yeah. That's okay, one. Yes. Okay, sorry. Peggy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Peggy's I'm, looking. I, you're no, looking. There's several things printed out here. So I'm I looking at the right one. You're yes. looking at the wrong one. Uh, the impact of salts <laughs> on plants and how to reduce plant injury from winter salt application. And the reason we're talking about it is, well, it's winter. And um, and no. we, we have, um, uh, uh, oddly, we have just a minute and we're going to break and then we'll bring you back and we'll get into the meat of the conversation. Um, give me 30 seconds on your background, um, Mandy. Okay. Um, I have a background in landscape design. That's actually what my bachelor's degree is. Um, and I worked in garden centers for a while. Um, then in grad school, I started to work more on actually propagation of a endangered species, moved on from my PhD then to really start looking at um, understanding how plant growth is affected by water and environmental stresses. And so now at UMass, I am the specialist in nursery and uh, okay. nursery production and landscape. We'll be right back. This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening Chicago magazine. And for the past eight years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier and more sustainable lives. Pick up a copy of Natural Awakenings each month and enjoy new information about health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Openlands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connection to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse the collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. Tree-stories.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. This is your talk. Hey, this place is really something else, huh? Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. I'm spending Hanukkah in Santa Monica, wearing sandals, lighting candles by the sea. I spent Shavuos in East St. Louis, a charming spot, but clearly not the spot for me. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. That's to our Jewish friends out there because we're still in the midst of Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't play it straight, so it's got to be Tom Lehrer. <laughs> and welcome back to our conversation with Mandy. Oh, Mandy. Uh, how often have you gotten that, Mandy? That's what I want to know. 
Every so often, not as much as you think. (laughs) Good. I'm glad uh, because Mandy Bayer is uh, a Ph.D., and if you start singing Oh, Mandy to her, I'm not sure she's going to relate to that. Uh, But she's uh, an extension assistant professor, Stockbridge School of Agriculture at the University of Massachusetts, Amherst. That's a that's a long title. But we're talking de-icing. So let's let's just get to the jump right in. Most people are going to buy sodium chloride. Rock salt, because as we all mm-hmm. know, it's cheap um, and readily available. And readily available, you can get it anywhere. What are the pros and cons of rock salt? Well, you definitely named the two biggest pros, and that is the fact that it is cheap and available. It's what people are used to. I'd say that's a big uh, part of it. The cons are that it is damaging to plants and the environment because of the components of that, being the sodium and the chloride. Um, And it's only effective to about 15 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. So as temperatures go down further, it's not even effective. And Mm. then it's even more likely to enter into uh, our soils and become a problem. And I imagine a lot of folks don't realize that when you're getting below 15 degrees they're probably still throwing it out there, and it's not doing any good. But so it's, they throw more out. They throw more. Yeah, that's probably one of the things you see, isn't it, Mandy? Absolutely, yeah. It, I think there is a little bit of a lack of understanding there and the fact that, you know, sometimes people even think that you need to have enough of it that you hear that crunch when you walk underneath <laughs> of it. And it's not that extra applications actually help at all. It just has to do with the chemistry of it and the temperatures that really allow the, the salts yeah. to do what they I need s- to do. So I, I was just going to say, I saw a statistic or or, or, or something uh, recently that said you need basically a cup of it for like 70 feet of walkway. I think it was something like that. And that, that sounds about right to me, which means you're using it very sparingly and it will go a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. So what yeah. is that rock salt going to do to your plants and to your soil? Why do we not want to use it? So there's multiple things that it does to the plants depending on how it's coming in contact. So there's there's two main ways, whether that's the salt spray when we have it in the, the water and a truck drives by and it sprays up on our plants, or if it gets down into the soil, it can do multiple things there as well. One of them being rock salt in particular absorbs water and mm-hmm. uh, dehydrates plant roots, which actually then brings on a sort of physiological stress to the plant that it's actually a drought stress even when water is present. Another thing that it does because they are ions is that they separate once they're dissolved in water, and then they can displace some of the needed mineral nutrients like potassium um, and phosphorus, and then those aren't as available for the plants to be taken up, and they instead will take up that chloride, which is toxic to the plants. So those are the main ways that they're damaging the plants. Yeah, and then that leads to plants that can tolerate salt, and some of them are not plants you want in your garden. Is that right? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, variability in terms of what plants can handle in terms of the salt. Um, In general, we say that the the salt spray and that damage is really within 15 to 30 feet of any sort of walkway or the roadway. So anything that you know is sensitive, you want to try to keep at least 15 to 30 feet away from where they're likely to get that sort of salt damage. I have a friend who's in the... uh 
the lawn care business in the Chicago area. And he told me many years ago, he said, I can tell you where you're throwing your salt down. I just look for the crabgrass in the summer. And uh, that's that's where you're applying too much salt. Uh, do you see things like that, Mandy? You can absolutely tell looking at certain lawns where that, especially when we have piles of snow that then melt and they all, it streams away mm-hmm. to a certain area of the yard. That's where you're going to start seeing those, the, the symptoms pop up that you're going to see those turf issues and things like that. So you can, if you really kind of pay attention in spring and summer, even then that's when you're finding out where your application issues are. And and that's, that's a point there that you just raised another issue, which is where are you piling this stuff in the winter? Uh, if you're using it, even if you're using it sparingly, if you're throwing your snow in the same mm-hmm. place every single time, that's the place that's going to become toxic, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and especially a lot of people, you don't have a lot of options, and maybe that place that you're piling in <laughs> is right next to a flower bed. Yeah. Well, it's true. In the city, there's there's a lack of space. I, you know, I live smack in the middle of Chicago, um, and there's a, sure. very few places that I can pile the snow. I try to spread it around in front, especially because mm-hmm. we're, you're trying to keep the, the walk clean. Oh, and, and that's the thing we should have started with, is that the best thing the best course of action is to just stay ahead of the snow and as soon as it snows shovel it out and you might not have to use much salt at all very true yes yeah and then you can also try to reduce the amount of salt by adding in things like sand that might help give you that traction or that grit that people are looking for but don't have the negative impacts once they make it to the garden yeah of what's coming at least with with the rock salt I was reading a couple of things about um, rock salt used on roadways and how many invasive mm-hmm. plants get brought in as a result or makes a friendly environment for them. Phragmites, Japanese knotweed, other plants that like more of a, a salty soil. And how sure. some of our yeah, general it, practices are it, doing that. It, it's an interesting thing to realize that, unfortunately, your invasives or weeds, things like that, are so many times... Um, more durable plants than our <laughs> ornamentals. And when things become a stressful situation, that's when they're unfortunately able to thrive better than the plants we desire. <laughs> you know, I, I go to garden clubs and I tell them, okay, here's here's a rule of thumb. That that lush area in the backyard, those are the weeds, okay? <laughs> that, that, sickly, yeah. that sickly little thing in the corner, that's the plant you paid $85 for last year and it's not going to make it until June okay I'm, I'm just just telling you that's except the rabbits like it the, uh, yeah exactly but that's kind of the way nature sure. you know we're we're fighting nature here um, and and that's something that I also try to get across to gardeners is don't fight nature mm-hmm. figure out how to work with yeah. nature you know don't put the square peg sure. in, the, in the round hole yeah and I imagine you say the same yeah. thing Mandy Absolutely. You you need to be realistic about what's going on, uh, where you're asking your plants to live. You know, that's usually my main message is that our goal is to reduce the amount of stress that a plant has to go through. If we want <laughs> yeah. to have happy happy plants, that's your job. Yeah, happy, contented happy plants. plants. Yes. Happy All right. Leaves. There we go. Well, right. I, I was going to say before we get to some of the other after the break yeah. of some of the better options, um, I think a couple of other things to mention on the rock salt and some of the other chloride products. Um, also, they get into the water supplies. They're on your driveway. They're running. They're on your sidewalks. They're running into the sewers, which are running into lakes, running into rivers mm-hmm. and changing your water quality. And it's not something that can be removed from water. 
So the more Absolutely, salt that you're putting yes. at your house is all going into the sewers eventually. Yeah, so what's it doing to our water, Mandy? Uh, you know, it really depends on the area, and um, it's worse on anywhere that maybe has slower moving bodies of water because some of those chlorides can really settle out mm-hmm. and things like that or ponds. Um, but there are areas, especially where we have high salt applications, that drinking water even becomes a concern. So um, we, we are seeing more and more areas become mindful of what's going on um, and try to look for some of those non-chloride sort of alternatives at that point. All right. But there's many different, and we're not even sure everything that can happen. However, there are alternatives, and after the news, we're going to come back to uh, uh, Amanda Bayer, Ph.D., to talk about those calcium chloride, potassium chloride, um, I don't know magnesium if chloride, magnesium chloride, other alternatives. I, I don't know if you've heard a thing called propellant forty nine. We might talk about that too. It's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Captain's log, stardate four two three two six point one. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mister Wolf, status report: inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wharf. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. AroundTheBlockPress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio with just a soup song of humor. Or is that a dash? Call us with your questions and comments at 877-711-5611. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. And welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're doing something we don't usually do. Usually the second hour is the beginning here. We talk about this and that and prepare for our next guest. But we've carried over our previous guest. So if you didn't catch the uh, 9 o'clock hour, well, first of all, you can go to Facebook and catch the video after the show. uh, Or you can go to the blog. I'm sorry, the podcast. You can also go to the blog. And Allie, thank you for writing. Read the blog. She wrote that on uh, Facebook. Um, and uh, you can go to the podcast when that's up at MikeNovak.net. We have all that stuff. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're we're all we're in, we're in different states. We're in uh, South Dakota and uh, Nevada and Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. and Florida, uh, and more to come. Uh, and on the phone with us right now is. Um, Mandy Bayer, Ph.D., uh, Extension Assistant Professor in the Stockbridge School of Agriculture at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. We're talking de-icers in the first hour. We talked about 
uh, sodium chloride, and you guys all know that. As I said, rock salt, we talked about the advantages and disadvantages. Basically, the advantage, it's cheap, and you can get it everywhere. The disadvantage is it might wreck some of your plants, and it might foul your water. And it might hurt your pets, and it might hurt the wildlife. Right, and we're going to get it. But other than that. That's great. (laughs) Um, So we're saying, you know, shovel. That's, that's, you know, it's good exercise. Uh, <laughs> and William Moss is now watching us on Facebook. Well, good. And he's got a question we're going to get to in a second. So let's go to some of the alternatives. And chief among them uh, is uh, calcium chloride. But we also have potassium chloride. We have magnesium chloride. And I'm going to mention one other one, uh, but not yet. So and calcium, cal- cal- mag- some acetates as right, well. Right, and acetates and beet juices and things like that. So what about these alternatives, Mandy? So some of the advantages of the alternatives is that they can work at some of the lower um, temperatures. Some of them as low, like calcium chloride, can go all the way down to negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So we obviously have some advantages there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Disadvantages when we're dealing with any of the chlorides is that it's still a chloride. Mm -hmm. So there's still those potentials for entering into our water systems and the same sort of damages that can occur there. Can can we stop? Um, Another thing that comes along. Mandy, can we stop there for a second? I know you mentioned a little bit about Mm -hmm. this before it's chloride, which means it's related to chloride. And how is that, that? That's right, isn't it? I mean, looking at, I'm not a chemist. Yeah. So, and we know chlorine right. is, 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 can be very harsh. So mm-hmm. how much less harsh than chlorine is a chloride? You know, a lot of it comes down to quantities. Um, and so part of that is when we're looking at those applications and how much we're putting down a lot of these, especially the, the alternatives like the calcium chloride, the magnesium chloride, they say that they're much safer if you're putting down recommended rates. But once you're putting down more, we can start to enter into those more, uh, toxic sort of rates. Okay. And so, um, I, I kind of can't give any specifics. Um, in terms of numbers, there I don't know it off. The no, top I, of my I was head, just asking but... for a general a general statement, but and you have sure. given it to us. Now you say that calcium chloride goes down to minus twenty, and sodium goes to fifteen. Uh, only fifteen. Right. So we're mm-hmm. talking about thirty five degrees difference between those two products. Absolutely. That's that's stunning yeah. when you think about it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, and we that's don't definitely we... then. I just gonna say we don't. Yeah, I mean we don't often get below. I mean, in in the northern climes, mm-hmm. you can get down to ten degrees. You can get down to zero, sure. zero easily. We don't often get down to twenty below, but some places do. Minnesota will get there. Dakotas, North, North yeah. Dakota, yeah. Yeah. North and South Dakota. Yeah, but it's also Absolutely. if you're using less of it, you know, the rock salt we were talking before. It's cheap. You can just get it. People throw it out by the handfuls. Because mm-hmm. the other stuff is so expensive, but if you're actually using it very sparingly, by getting the better product that's going to work for a lower temperature, you're really probably not spending more if you're using the appropriate amount. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that, unfortunately, almost if you don't do the math, you mm-hmm. it may not be too obvious there. But it is, you know, it, it a lot of landscapers are finding out that even when they use a little bit more expensive a product, if they can use less of it. Or when they bring in some of the pretreatment sort of things, I've seen studies where they can reduce the rock salt applications up to forty percent. Yeah, making a brine. And so that's great, both money and the environment. All right, what about pets? Um, which of these are safest 
for pets? So the pets is definitely a bit of a tricky um, area because they're not always saying exactly what's going on. I've looked up some that say that for pets that even are chlorides, and we know that the chlorides aren't great for pets, and so you do want to pay attention to what it is that you're trying to use. Some of the big things that you're worried about with pets is first even just the the harshness of the, the granules, that they can cut their paws and things like that. But mm. then with mm-hmm. salts, when they interact with water, they also heat up so they can burn the paws. Yeah. Which and is then another, they lick their paws, too. Um, right. They lick them. Right, and, and, that they can get sick as well. So, you know, and that, and that um, so just... A lot of, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so a lot of the Pet Safe products don't have any sort of the chlorides, and they're moving away from salts in general, so that ah. they have different sorts of products that act the same, that they try to um, disrupt the bonds going on in terms of water, but they do it in a different way than salt. Well, boy, this has gone very fast. You've given us a lot of information. We could probably talk for another hour, but folks can go to my website, MikeNovak.net. We never got to William Moss's question, but maybe we'll do it on the break. Uh, Mandy, Mandy Bayer, thank you so much. Uh, I hope we talk again soon. Thank you for having me. This is Peggy Malecki. Do you want to give your veggie seedlings a head start next spring? Then do what I do. Put them under a Happy Leaf LED grow light, and you'll never go back to shop lights again. 50,000-plus-hour minimum lifespan, five-year warranty, USA-made. Go to happyleafled.com and save 10% on purchases above $100 when you use the code MIKE. Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights. Your plants will grow bigger, faster, and better. From boat to rooftop. Yep, enjoy wild Alaskan seafood harvest this holiday season or give it as a gift. The Sitka Salmon Chairs Holiday Box includes the highest quality sustainable seafood items for you and the people on your gift list. Keta and Coho Salmon, Pacific Cod, one grilling plank, two specialty spice rubs, one pin bone removal guide, and three holiday-themed recipes. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. Happy holidays from their fishing families to yours. And now for something completely different for the season, the Frozen Robins. Oh, holy night. Late December, back in 1 BC. T'was the night of the nativity. What a baby, what a night. Talented, funny, unique, the Frozen Robins are Chicago's number one caroling group. Exquisite harmonies, madcap improvisation, holiday sketches and characters, even a 10-minute version of It's a Wonderful Life. They are definitely not your mother's carolers. Go to frozenrobins.com or contact me, Mike, at MikeNovak.net. Because I'm not just a fan of the Frozen Robins, I are one. You're listening to Weekends on WCGO. Check out our Facebook live stream brought to you in part by our exclusive signage partner, Fast Signs of Lincolnwood. Located at 3450 West Devon Avenue, visit them on the web at fastsigns.com slash 80. Our Join us, come join us, just take a part of join us. <laughs> 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 Are you 
Yay! It's a classic. Ah, <laughs> oh, the classic. From Randall's the, just looking at us he's like a, we're not. You don't know that one? You don't know that bit? Randall? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. Uh, he's looking at us yeah. like, no, it's a classic for the holidays. The Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh, well. Delete, de de delete, de de All right. Welcome back to the <laughs> mic. All right, I'm getting prepared for my gig. <laughs> You're getting later. silly. Uh, I'm already slap happy. Uh, w- the one thing we didn't get to in the last conversation, I got this great um, um, text from William Moss, the Garden Boss. He say, he writes, "This is the Garden Boss. Spent good loot on magnesium chloride last winter because it's eco-friendly, but it started to liquefy in the bag during summer in the garage. Uh-oh. Now it's a solid, worthless <laughs> lump. What's up with that? You can prop the door open with it. Yeah. Well, I guess we found out you can't let moisture get to that. And, you know, these are some things that you don't find out. Um, and, and, and what happens is when you got that, that liquefy, Oh, that's nasty. That's what happens. Okay. Uh, read and follow label directions is what I say. Although they probably don't warn you that it's going to turn into a, a, a lump, a use, a worthless lump. Oh, well. All right. Let's, uh, we, we got a whole new conversation here. I told you there's a lot going on in the show. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Mr. Uh, Randall right now and bring in. Uh, our guests in uh, January of this year, we talked on uh, January seventh, the first show of the year. It was the first show of yes. the year. Oh my goodness, we had uh, folks on uh, talking renewable energy from the Midwest Renewable Energy Association, including Clay Sterling, uh, who is on the phone right now. Clay, are you with us? Yeah. How you doing? It's good to talk yeah. to you again. Uh, and then on the other line was the woman you just heard singing the Dick Van Dyke thing, the Laura, the Laura Petrie of the Mike Novak show, uh, and that is Lisa Albrecht, uh, who's uh, with the Illinois Solar Energy Association, but more importantly, the owner and founder of Albright Solar. Get it? She's Albrecht, and it's Albright. Get it? Um, and Get it? Get it? <laughs> Come on, Laura. Do the dee 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 <laughs> That's great. Um, and um, you just Ooh, started. That went well. Thanks for playing that, by the way. Yeah. Oh, good. See, Always makes me happy. I know. It's so. I was watching it on YouTube. I went, oh, I got to put that on the show. That's just too funny. That whole show, you can watch it. Tw- 25 minutes on YouTube watching the Dick Van Dyke Christmas special from 1963. So there you go. And unfortunately, I was alive when it first came out. So. Um, and uh, so, Clay and Lisa, Lisa, I'll tell you what, let's start with you very quickly because um, you um, you talk on uh, Mighty House Home Improvement Radio all the time about solar stuff and, and what's happening in Illinois. and Future Energy Jobs Act. Right, which got passed in 2015. And now it's, are we finally getting to the point where it's, where it's really ramping up? Oh, my gosh, we're there. We're there. We actually, the governor signed it December 7th, 2016. Uh, and we are hoping to open the doors on January 15th, 20, uh, 2019. 
So we are what, super, super close. What do you mean by open the doors? Away. Yeah, what does it mean when you say um, open so the doors? So folks will be able to apply for the state uh, incentive program. Um, okay. So uh, after having um, tried to, you know, band-aid together broken policy in the past, uh, it took us a couple years, but we um, put in a replacement bill where homeowners and, and anyone who owns a system, regardless of system size, mm-hmm. is able to sell what's called a renewable energy credit or the clean attributes of their power An generation. REC, as you see in a lot of articles. REC. Yep. So it's called REC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we should begin to start applications, I believe, January 15th. At least that's the target date at this day from the program administrator. Yeah. And I've been seeing a lot of articles online, uh, Midwest Energy News, a lot of other pieces about how the solar companies are ramping up for in, in the Midwest and in Illinois for a lot more solar installations, community solar etc., so that they're ready. Yeah, no, it's incredibly exciting. So in order to qualify for the program, you do need to have an interconnection agreement with the utility. And so ComEd has a little bit of a window into what's um, already at play and where folks are making their applications. And um, we currently have about 100 megawatts of installed capacity um, uh, throughout the entire state. Mm -hmm. Comet alone, and there's Mid-America and Amarin as well, Comet alone has 1,200 megawatts of applications. So what so does we're that... going from 100 to 1,200. That okay. means tremendous growth. What, to put that in perspective, what does that mean, 100 megawatts? So systems are measured um, typically by a kilowatt. So when you turn on your light, you're using a kilowatt. Um, most homeowners are going to install a bit, maybe about a five kilowatt um, uh, size system. A megawatt is a thousand kilowatts, um, and we have one thousand two hundred megawatts of application. So it's a mm. lot of zeros. <laughs> yeah, so that's a lot of energy that's not coming from it's coal. A lot and of energy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and what's exciting is that in 2017, we were 41st in the country, and this legislation should bring us to the top 13 incredibly rapidly, hmm. and I personally believe it will bring us to the top 10 nationwide in installed capacity around the country. My goodness. We're looking at a, a printout from the Solar Energy Industries Association, the SEIA, which um, our folks at the MERA um, sent us, and it looks at the Illinois PV installation forecast. Um, and it in 2018, it just shoots up like crazy. Now, Which most is photovoltaic, mo- yeah, and um, uh, most of it's uh, non-residential, but there's a lot more residential there too. And that's kind of what you're getting yourself into, aren't you, Lisa? Yeah, so I'll work with homeowners to find the best fit for um, their systems. I'll, I can um, size the system, give them a price, give them an idea of what, how much energy generation they're going to have. Um, and so, yeah, we're seeing growth in all market sectors. Um, we were really smart when we put this legislation together. A team of incredible, uh, dedicated people um, helped work on this. And mm-hmm. we, have, we'll, we will have residential uh, growth, we'll have commercial and industrial growth, we will have community solar, and we've already got a lot of utility-scale stuff. And then there's also wind, too. So there's a lot that's going to be happening, yeah. which is why we really need clay uh, and some of the job training programs that they are putting together. 
And by the way, uh, before we get to Clay, and that was a lovely segue, we appreciate that. Um, how can <laughs> how can if folks want to get uh, in touch with you, they can go to uh, Albright Solar A L L B R I G H T dot Solar, um, and uh, and if they're interested in in having that done. Mm-hmm. Um, they can contact Lisa. Yeah, you Lisa. can send me an email too at lisa at albright.solar. And, and so I just want to highlight that it's a dot solar, not a dot com, not a dot org, but I'm dot solar. So I'm Good point. the only one that I know that is a dot solar. Really? How, um, but how, how do you me, get that? Send me your address and I can look on satellite. How do you get it? cool. <laughs> Well, that, that, that is true. Uh, so let us go to Clay. You know, obviously, if people want to... Um, to put solar in their homes or in their businesses, they need people to install it. They need trained and certified people to install it. That's right. And uh, when you were on the show back in January of this year, you were talking about some courses that were going on, and, and I busted you guys. I said, hey, when are you going to do something in the Chicago area? And <laughs> and guess what? They it, listened. They did. I, nobody else <laughs> listens to me, so that's really wonderful. Uh, and so you're doing uh, – you, by the way, Clay is an assistant professor for renewable energy technology at Kankakee Community College. Um, and you're an MREA instructor for the Wooddale Academy course, which is coming up. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so um, the Solar Academy training is a, a, like a package program. It's a series of classes that – Folks can take over uh, the weekend, uh, one weekend a month, a Saturday and a Sunday, and it takes people from the very beginning, uh, get your feet wet, to all the way through design and um, some hands-on installation on training equipment, and then uh, uh, prepares them for the uh, NABCEP level associate uh, certification. So... Folks can um, walk away with a uh, with a credential under their belt that uh, says that they uh, um, have been compared to some measuring stick of competency and can uh, walk <laughs> into a solar job. You yeah. know, they don't they don't make people do that for radio at all. So uh... <laughs> yeah, and 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 for the acronym SOUP here, NABSEC is the North American Board of Certified Energy Practitioners. Correct. Right, I was I was going to make uh, uh, Clay tell us that, but you uh, you jump. See, Peggy can't stand it. She just she hears an acronym and she's got to go for it. It goes back to my training background. I'm so, sorry. Um, so, uh, as you say, it's over the course of several weekends. So basically, you you sign up, you you, you go. Do you know how many exactly? How many weekends is it, uh, Clay? So it's uh, three weekends, uh, starting uh, January twelfth. And then, uh, so a weekend in January, a weekend in February, a weekend in March, and then uh, then the training's done, and um, folks sit for the exam uh, mid-March. Ah, and and once they do the exam, and let's say they pass it, um, are you guys in a position to help them find work? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have people knocking on the door all the time looking for qualified entry-level people, and there's not enough uh, people out there that are trained to walk into those jobs. And to tell you the truth, if somebody uh, gets their get their credential, get out in the, in the workforce, after a year's time, they really can write their own ticket where they want to go if they can show up on time, do a competent <laughs> job, and, and uh, show some, some ambition, they really could go anywhere they want to. 
Well, and I would say, uh, oh, by the way, Lisa, are you looking on Facebook? We've got, did you see the photo that we're using on Facebook? You need to, you need to check that out. It's also on the. Oh, I will. Uh, I'm actually on my, uh, making myself on my phone only. So I'm paying attention, Mike. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I, I took, <laughs> it's a photo I took of you at one of the many rallies that you and I have attended together. Um, and oh my I, gosh. It, yeah, you're holding a sign that says it's time to cut carbon. Um, and what better way to do that than uh, using solar uh, in your business or, or on your home? Now, Clay's talking about getting the people. You, you're you on the sales side. You're also on the policy side, obviously, Lisa. You know a lot about that. But as, as a business person, you're on the sales side. So how is it you engage with uh, technicians in the solar industry? So I have my NAPSEP certification, um, and I highly recommend that folks um, do take some steps. At least take the classes if you're not going to take the test. Um, um, and I have been in the industry for 11 years. Um, but there's a lot of great information. I'm on the board of directors for the Illinois Solar Energy Association, and we also do a lot of public events. We just held a big jobs training fair as part of the Solar Power Midwest mm-hmm. um, in November. And we had, I think we had around 200 applicants uh, show up. So this is a booming industry, and as Clay suggested, if you if you are excited about maybe jump-starting your career, if you're a young person just getting started, or if you're in the trades, or if you are passionate about climate, um, as I am, this is a fantastic place to put that energy to good use. Um, you know, the, 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 gov- inter- the, inter-panel, the intergovernmental panel of climate change report that came out the other day is terrifying. Uh, and yeah. I think, mm-hmm. Mike, you know that I believe in unicorns and rainbows. And, um, <laughs> no, it's on each of us. If you have a calling at all to feel as though you need to do something, the solar energy I- industry is a fantastic way to put those resources to good work because you are front lines day to day fighting climate change um, in a practical and effective way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And whatever you just did to your phone just now, stay in that position. With, yeah. If you got it, because it it went, it just suddenly popped in a lot clearer. So I'm not oh, sure okay. what you changed. You're you're, you're really good there. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but it does take me to uh, the question about uh, the qualifications and uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, how do you oversee the people who are doing this installation with with the energy? Uh, solar energy uh, business in Illinois ramping up like this. Yeah. What are what are what yeah, kind who's of watch, auditing it? Yeah, who's overseeing what's it? the watchdog yeah. for this? Yeah, I'll, I'll hop in there and then Clay, if you've got something that you want to add. But you know, like any trade, whether you're bringing in a plumber or an electrician, you really want to make sure that you get references. Um, find out how long have they been in the industry? How long have they been doing this work? Are they certified? Um, you know, if a price comes in way lower than another bid, and I always recommend getting multiple bids, if a price comes in way lower, something's wrong with that bid, you know? So it's the same as any other trade that you're bringing into your, into your home, uh, and making sure that you're doing the due diligence. Don't just hire the first guy that walks in the door, but bring several people in and see who knows their stuff. Uh, you know, have them explain the policies, the technology, know exactly what equipment they're installing, um, as opposed to just, oh, we're going to bring you 20 modules. Well, 20 what? (laughs) Uh, You know, knowing that information is really key. Clay, did you have anything you wanted to add there? Yeah. um, In addition to that, uh, there's other trainings just 
beyond the century level training training for professionals on how to do uh, all, people that are already working in the field electricians or inspectors how do you inspect what do you look for uh, code updates how the code relates uh, to solar uh, installations stuff like that that's taking place in the state of uh, Illinois as well um, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what. hold hold uh, hold that thought clay the, mu- the music is playing, which means we've got a break. We'll, we'll have more in just a couple of minutes. And folks are welcome to call us at 877-711-5611 if they've got any questions. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Time to kill the vampires and phantoms. No garlic or wooden steaks necessary. In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Energy generation or power plants are one of the largest sources of pollution contributing to climate change. 5 to 20% of our home electric bill comes from vampire or phantom energy use. Most of our electronics remain on standby even if they're off. Anything that has a little light on somewhere, like a charger, is still sucking up energy. Cable boxes are among the worst offenders. There are some smart strips that help by allowing you to turn things on and off on a timer, The U.S. Department of Energy offers some tools to help you get to know more about your energy use. I'm Green Diva Meg. Find more useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and, of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. Whether it's March, July, September, or December, if you're a gardener, any time of year is perfect for a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region and one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, What to Do in the Garden, and even my column on the inside back page of every issue. I make up stuff and they pay me for it. Go figure. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere. But go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. David Lee Roth. Light Star Menorah, so do Kirk Douglas, James Kahn, and the late Dinah Shora. Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli? Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli. <laughs> Paul Newman's half Jewish and Goldie Horn's half too. Put them together, what a fine looking Jew. Okay. As we established... Uh, several, Thank you, Adam Sandler. <laughs> I think so. We've established that Adam Sandler, no matter what happens in the rest of his career, has a place in pop culture history. There he is. And whenever you're going to be looking up Hanukkah songs or the turkey song, or mm-hmm. there's another one out there. What what other holidays does he do? So he should do Fourth of July you, next. I don't Randall's know. Randall's going to figure that one out. Yeah. I know. He, I think he does a Christmas song, too. Does he, do a, he must do a Christmas one as well. All right. I'm sure he does. Whatever. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Very pleased to be talking about solar energy right now on the show. Yes, not just Ron Cowgill, but uh, right here. We we do that, too. Um, And we have uh, Clay Sterling on the phone, uh, Assistant Professor for Renewable Energy Technology at Kankakee Community College. 
uh, and he's a, an instructor um, with the Midwest Renewable Energy Association. They are going to have a class in Wooddale uh, coming up in January, February, and March, and then you take your test and you go. And uh, Lisa Albrecht is also on the phone, um, past co-host of the Mike Novak Show. Uh, she does a fantastic Mary Tyler Moore impersonation. <laughs> And um, <laughs> and the owner and founder of All Bright Solar. Uh, by the way, um, you can go to allbrights.solar. She's the only person in North America who has a dot solar on there. Um, allbright.solar. <laughs> and if you want to go She's to... She's a trendsetter. Uh, M-R-E-A, you can go to midwestrenew.org. Uh, so I, I've got everything covered here. Where were we <laughs> in our conversation? We were talking about... Um, the certification Mm -hmm. and, 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 and like anything you said, Lisa, you know, get quotes, uh, ask what they're bringing in. I, I, you know, the same thing, if you got a landscaper, get a, get a a competitive quote. Um, don't just accept whatever they're doing to your landscape. You can ask about it. And the same thing, especially if you're putting solar in your house or in your business. Absolutely. Getting a detailed contract, knowing what the terms of those contracts are, um, understanding the payment terms. Uh, who's going to do what? A good contractor should be pulling your permit for you. And by the way, all solar must have a permit. Uh, ah. No getting around that. Uh, so I have uh, heard recently of a few folks that got in trouble because their contractor did not pull a permit. So solar must be permitted. All right. Um, Make sure you have a, a permit. All right. Uh, yep. So Clay, uh, let's start with Clay. Uh, you've been teaching this for a while. Um, what has what kind of changes have we seen in solar in the last decade? Oh, geez. Uh, well, number one, the price has come down significantly uh, in the past ten years, um, and most of the lead that comes from the from the the more manufacturing has come online for the uh, silicon solar cells, and so that has driven the price down. You know, we when we talk about the old days. It's only like six, seven years ago. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and prices for a module were like $4 a watt. So, for example, a 100-watt a, a, um, module would cost approximately like 400 bucks. But today, uh, we're looking at top-shelf, high-quality modules being at or around $0.70 cents a watt. So that same 100-watt module would be under what? Um, well, seventy bucks, right? Seventy dollars. Wow. Yeah. So that really dropped the price uh, uh, for everybody. And every time there's a large installation that takes place, that brings the cost down for us as homeowners as well, because they're mm-hmm. using the same modules, same types of stuff as we use on on, on a house. Um, in the, in addition to that, manufacturers, mostly you know from Europe and Japan, uh, have. Uh, brought in equipment that's more user-friendly, and, and U.S. manufacturers have gotten on board, too, where it's, you know, they do a lot of upfront work at the factory, make it so that it's more plug-and-play, uh, so that you bring it to the job site, you connect it up, and you make your connections, um, uh, snap them together instead of wiring one module to the next to the next, and then figuring out some sort of contraption to plug into the inverter. So it's more user-friendly. Uh, instead of spending like a week on a job, maybe you're spending a day and a half, two days on a project wow. before you're done. So now not only has the cost 
of the uh, materials themselves gone way down, you're also paying less for installation. So absolutely, the, that's a that's a double threat mm-hmm. there. Um, and go ahead. And and again, you know, like another comparison back in the old days, just a few years ago, we're looking at uh, you know soup to nuts installation. So the price dollars per watt to install for the equipment, the labor, the parts, the permitting, everything. Uh, you just sign the check. You know, we're looking at like ten dollars a watt to install for a residential system today. It's maybe two fifty to three dollars a watt to install for residents, and even cheaper for large scale uh, installations. That's just fantastic stuff. Um, now, and, and I'll add in there that municipalities have also gotten on board, and so the permitting process is easier and faster. Um, my first permit in the city of Chicago took a year. Uh, the oh, city wow. of Chicago can now process a permit in a day for a wow. standard residential system. And, and uh, the Metropolitan Mayor Caucus here in the Chicagoland area with Edith Macra has been working on something um, to streamline permitting through many municipalities. So we're really seeing, you know, many... Um, many roads all leading to the great um, same destination, and that is making solar more available. That's uh, You just raised a really interesting question, is that you know, now that you don't think of the city of Chicago being efficient and just getting it sailing through, uh, so now they are. They're, do, they're doing much better. What, but you, in terms of the state, uh, do you have problems with smaller municipalities, or is it easier? How, do, how does that work with the smaller towns? You know, we still have some municipalities that haven't seen solar yet, so they're not quite sure, so they approach it rather cautiously. Um, we're actually finding a little bit more issues with homeowners associations because a lot, some of the not-in-my-backyard uh, stuff, you know, so making sure that your homeowners association's on board. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, the Illinois Solar Energy Association passed a solar bill of rights that a homeowners association can't just say no. They have to say, here is our solar policy. And so I'll tell you how you can comply. Um, but they can't just say a blanket no because we don't like it. That's fantastic. And uh, yes, Peggy. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, um, one of the things you know, you were saying, not in my backyard. Yeah, I don't want solar panels. I'd rather have smoke belching smoke from a coal uh, a furnace and or or. or something else yeah, or using go. up the gas. But um, I want to talk a little bit about community because uh, that's one of the things that you've pointed out to me, Lisa, because I've, I've come to you and said, hey, when, when can I put solar on my house? And you said, you're not. You're not going to do that. That's not the right house, and uh, which is very disappointing to me. But you said, well, get your neighbors together and do a community solar. Now, how is that advancing in the state? So community solar is actually um, uh, really exciting, and um, the MREA did a lot of uh, work um, paving the way for this in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and we're excited that we can finally do it here in Illinois. What will happen is that there will be large fields of solar, um, hopefully on land that maybe a farmer can't, maybe it's too rocky for them to to totally till and and produce food um, and other crops on, Um, and uh, you will subscribe to that that power station. So, in, you know, you won't actually see those electrons on your uh, on your wires in your home, but you will get a virtual credit. Um, and so, it's not necessarily you don't necessarily need to gang up with any of your members, um, just or your neighbors, the same way that you can subscribe to any um, supplier in the electric market here in our day. You know, Illinois is deregulated. Uh, you will be able to voluntarily sign up, and that will become your power producer. 
Um, so we're not quite there yet. Um, of that 1,200 megawatts of um, applications that we have, a lot, almost the bulk of it is community solar projects. Not all of it will get built um, in the first round, but we'll have multiple rounds. So wow. definitely keep your eyes open. You can join. Um, you, Illinois Solar Energy Association has a free newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to IllinoisSolar.org, you'll be able to sign up for that newsletter and keep your eye on um, you know, when those opportunities are going to start happening. Hey, Clay, have you worked on any of these community projects? No, I haven't. Uh, the My summer job is working as an electrician for a solar installer, and we focus on residential and commercial projects. Okay. Uh, well, what have we missed here? That uh, um, Because I know there's a, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, I, I urge people, as you mentioned just now, Lisa, and thanks for the plug for the ISEA, Illinois Solar Energy Association. And again, that website is? IllinoisSolar.org. Illinois Solar. And I'm sorry you didn't win the Tesla this year, Mike. <laughs> you didn't have <laughs> number so six. much for all of your yeah. support in promoting it. Did you guys give away a Tesla this year? We did. Uh, the, some, we picked somebody who actually lives in Arlington Heights on Thursday, and uh, we're waiting to find out if they're going to go for the car or um, winners what? are always able to do the 50-50 cash split. Oh, I thought, I thought you'd take the car or what's behind door number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, last year's winner actually um, took the cash and gave it all away. Uh, they gave most of it back really? to us, and they gave some to the Environmental Law huh. and Policy Center. Wow. Yeah, it was remarkably generous. I yeah. can I can assure you, if it had been me, I would not have done that, okay? Just letting you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that basement that you're always complaining about could use some love. Oh, my goodness, could it ever. Yeah, well, we, we applied for a, a grant for our home to get some of that work done for my neighborhood because we're near the 606, but that's another matter altogether. <laughs> yes, we got two minutes, so I, go I ahead. I was going to jump back to you brought up the Mayor, Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus. Um and I was just kind of explaining part of how they're involved is through the Soul Smart program, which helps communities through the permitting process. Um, and Elgin, this just came out in the Tribune, Elgin's now one of 22 communities in the Chicago area working with Soul Smart and working with the Metropolitan Mayor's Caucus to ease the permitting process. So there you go. And one of the things that's exciting about that program in particular is there is different permitting guidelines in every single town. So having some streamlining is going to help installers keep those costs down. Because every single time I sell a job, I need to call the municipality to find out what their permitting rules are. If I know they're part of SoulSmart, I know exactly what I need to do as an installer. Yeah, and we love Edith Macra and what she's doing with the Mayor's Caucus. That's just fantastic stuff, so good for her. Um, All right, again, you can go to the Midwest Renewable Energy Association at midwestrenew.org, and you can find out about the class in Wooddale. Uh, you can go to albright.solar, A-L-L-B-R-I-G-H-T.solar. Clay Sterling, Lisa Albright, thank you so much. Good luck. I, we're going to be talking to you again because this is great stuff for the state of Illinois. We'll be right back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. 
Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. This is Mike Novak. The song says it's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you're homeless. And I'm Bill Turk. It's hard to know what to do, but you can design a care kit for people in need, something that will do some good in the short run. And I'm Peggy Malecki. The number one item people need is good socks, high-quality wool or thermal. Hats, gloves, and scarves are also important, along with hygiene products like deodorant, body wash, toothbrushes and toothpaste, Band-Aids, lip balm, wet wipes, even nail clippers. Food products can include high-protein snacks, easy-to-open tuna, crackers and peanut butter, applesauce, granola bar, or fruit rolls. And I put everything in a one-gallon Ziploc bag. And if you can, make a connection. Offer a smile or even your first name. And don't forget to include some feminine products, too. You're not changing the world. Just making one person's world a little better for a little while. Okay. You got to get those breaths in there. Yeah. Right. In the Charlie Brown Christmas, um, this is the 53rd anniversary of its release. December 9th, 1965. And I watched it. Not only did I watch it, this is this is typical of a radio guy. You'll appreciate this, Randall. I had a, my little reel-to-reel recorder, and I recorded the whole mm-hmm. show on the reel-to-reel, and then I just played it back over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, that's why I can memorize most, I have most of it memorized. So, uh, but it's still a classic. It's funny because we were, I heard some of the music on the radio the other day, uh, and I was coming back from a caroling gig and, uh, my friend Jackie Krupka was in the car and I said, I wonder how they got, uh, um, Vince Guaraldi to do this, the music. And so she went online immediately to look it up. And apparently they wanted Dave Brubeck, hmm. the, um, the, the, uh, director um, and I forget his name, Menendez, I think, yeah. um, wanted jazz. He knew he wanted jazz and he couldn't get Dave Brubeck and he couldn't get this other guy. And then he's driving in LA and he happened to hear cast your fate to the wind, which is a very famous, uh, Vince Guaraldi song, which is, uh, back in the day. And he said, that's what I want. And they got him on board to do the music and it was brilliant. I mean, that's been very different with Dave Brubeck. Yeah, it would have been, but you know, that jazz and the Vince Guaraldi yeah. sound just, makes it transcend an average cartoon. It's kind of, mm-hmm. I put it in the same category with uh, The Grinch, Who Stole Christmas, Chuck Jones' last and great final act. It was just, oh, I'm just such a huge Chuck Jones fan. I love that cartoon. All right, let's let's uh, let's bring in, uh, oh, he's not there. Oh, we had him. Oh, <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, okay, maybe maybe Rick DeMaio will, will be with us and uh, maybe he won't. So welcome back to the Mike Novak Show. Well, we want to talk more Charlie Brown? Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with uh, Peggy Malecki. Um, I did want to bring up uh, a couple of things that I was looking online at, uh, when we were doing. First of all, I want to remind folks that in the first hour, we talked to Nick uh, Romano and Bill Turk 
from Bill Turk mm-hmm. Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie Kendall. I I went I run, ran right through it. And you weren't paying attention at all. So No, I was texting. I was trying to text Rick. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. Let Ellie handle that. That's what she gets. And, and finding somebody who. That's what she gets paid the big bucks for. We so. already got a phone call from somebody looking to do some donations. Yay. And that's what I wanted to, to bring up again is that we talked to uh, Bill Turk and Nick Romano. And we're asking you if you got extra blankets, if you got an extra tent, write to me, Mike at MikeNovak.net. M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K dot net. Uh, we're going to go out and distribute them. And again, this is not an official campaign. The station's not behind it. This is just me and Bill just saying, if you can help, that's great. Uh, otherwise, go to the dollar store, create a care package, a care kit, whatever you want to call it. Um, make sure you put baby wipes in it. Make mm-hmm. sure you put warm socks. Put a couple of pair of warm socks in there. Make sure they're good. Don't get the cheap ones. Yeah. Get good Don't ones. Get cotton. Get wool. What What Nick was saying, he said, which just amazed me, because he was on the street for years, and he said to be able to to take your shoes and socks off, wipe your feet with the baby wipes, and put on a pair of clean socks was like heaven, and that made an impression on mm-hmm. me. And that's what a lot of these folks are trying to do. So. Write to me if you've got uh, a blanket or a tent, and we will. What, are, what about sleeping bags? Clean sleeping bags? I don't bags. know. I, I imagine it can't hurt. I mean, I I'm sure that. Nick would, would say, yeah, why not? Um, we also had some, um, I'm looking at the Facebook, because some people wrote in the first hour while we were doing that, we weren't able to get to, do, 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 do. Okay, my fr- okay, Michelle wrote she said my friend used to work with night ministry and she always collected travel size and hotel toiletries for those in need <laughs> i know a lot of people they'll grab a toiletry out of the hotel and throw it in the bag and mm-hmm. but that's the kind of thing yeah you can find the little but again i say go to the dollar store because you don't want to pay more than a buck for for most of this and a lot of people can't afford it uh there was an oops how did I get there? Yeah, there's there's one of the articles that you posted on the blog, uh, the morewithlessmom.com. She had been a homeless mom. And so she's giving some of her own experiences as well of what really worked and what didn't work. And one of the things she mentioned is don't try to avoid scented items. Yes. Really good point. Yeah. Sometimes you can't help it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, well, like we were saying before. Um, you know, and dust it off too. Throw it in the dryer if you've got something. It's like scented and dust. These are allergens. Yeah. And if you're allergic, other folks might be allergic as well. Um. All right. Here and Catherine wrote. Also, bagbomb.com, along with popsicle sticks to be used to dip in the can or bag of bag bomb. Uh, but the large pail, or I think she meant put the large pail and put into snack bags, a week of that can save someone's feet. See, now I'm not familiar with Bag Bomb, but she says go to bagbomb.com. So that might be um, something. And uh, and she also writes, add real construction weight trash bags to keep them, uh, all the items from getting waterlogged. Um, and uh, much better than even construction weight from Home Depot. And she says if you go to plastic 
Place.com, although I always always hate to encourage plastic use. Uh, she says there's free shipping. Yeah. But, you know, like we said, we just use the, the Ziploc bag. Well, but a heavy construction bag, a full-size construction bag that's heavy-duty plastic can be used in part as a shelter, can be used for waterproofing things. And I guess that's you the point. You can put clothing there, yeah. into it, not, you know, in addition to a small bag. Um, I also think going along with the bag balm um, and other products for really dry, chapped, cracked hands and feet mm-hmm. that, you know, that happens to us, that happens to everybody. You know, your skin's going to crack in the winter with the dryness. Um, but one thing yeah, I was thinking on... chapstick, definitely. I, we try to throw chapstick yeah, in there, too. But, but heavy duty. One thing I was wondering, um, and I didn't ask Nick, was, again, gro- uh, plastic bags for your feet. Mm. If you've got shoes that leak yeah, uh, or lightweight shoes to keep your socks dry. I, I wonder about that. And uh, uh, he actually uh, texted me... Uh, to thank me for uh, uh, being on the the show, but I want to thank him because it was just fantastic having uh, Nick on the show and his. Uh, and again, if you go to my website, MikeNovak.net, I uh, I put the story. Is he uh, here? Uh, okay, let's let's put him on. Mr. DeMaio, are you there? No, it's Mr. Sketch. Pat Sketch. Pat Sketch. Oh, Mike. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I heard that Rick's uh, unavailable, so I thought I'd give, give, give you a quick forecast here. You are the man. Pat Sketch, ladies and gentlemen, and, and identify yourself so folks know who you are, Pat. Uh, retired NWS uh, co-op observer and a um, climate researcher with the College of DuPage. And we love you, and, and happy holidays to you, Pat. So what's going on? What do we need to know? Okay, basically, we're going to be uh, without preset mic until... Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday evening, uh, but we're going to be remaining a little bit on the chilly side. Uh, 34 today for a high, uh, get down to 19 for a low tonight. Uh, we'll get above freezing again uh, Monday and Tuesday. We should be in the low 40s. <clears throat> again, that chance of rain and a little bit of snow is going to come in Wednesday, Wednesday evening. And Thursday, we're going to rebound back to 40 again. So uh, all in all, we're going to uh, break free from this uh, <clears throat> this cold snap we have. Right, and you been we're j- we're just about out of time. But you wrote before that sometimes after a big snowstorm, things warm up in December, and it looks like that's going to come true, doesn't it? Not as much as I thought, but we're getting there. We're going <laughs> to Pat Sketch, thank, thank you so you. much for emergency weather from Pat Sketch. I want to thank everybody else on the show today: Bill Turk, Nick Romano, uh, Mandy Bayer. Oh, boy. Clay Sterling, Lisa Albrecht. Want to thank Randall, Pat Sketch, Ellie, and Andrew. Until next time, go green or go home. Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.